Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug Allen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and welcome back to my series on debunking the myth um, podcast. Now, as I, as I mentioned in our last one, I talked a little bit about why costs matter, and I did that in a couple of different ways. Is cost per paying for a service, like a, a managed fund fees, management fees, those sorts of things, brokerage fees, but, but also on the other flip side of, of a lot of people not paying for a good product or service that they actually do need. You know, and surfing, spending, you know, a many, many, many hours surfing the web, watching YouTube videos in in the in the misguided hope that they'd actually become a trader. And it is quite interesting how many people mistakenly think that by not spending money on good education, that for somehow they'd magically become a fantastic trader. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I've never got on a plane where the pilot had a book. Under his arm, called the you know the every pilot's guide to flying a seven four seven or the dummy's guide to flying a seven four seven. You know that sort of stuff. It really doesn't happen. You know, trading is a skill. You need to build the skill, but you need to have the right skills first, and you need to learn it the right way. Otherwise, you will spend years, and I mean years, surfing around trying to do it cheaply. And what that does is it really costs you money in 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 missed compounding opportunities. Firstly, but then lost profits and, and losses and uh, you very hit and miss and uh, most people that are coming to us after doing that for many 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 years so they don't really have a lot of confidence in themselves they have a very hit and miss system they're not very profitable and a whole range of other things so um, have a look at that podcast if you haven't seen that one at the, this point in time one thing I want to talk about today in today's podcast is what goes down comes back slowly. Uh, and we see there's an old saying in the share market that the share market goes up in stairs and down in elevators. Now, we saw that very, very um, um, dramatically during the GFC. We've seen it during the tech wreck, those sorts of things, where the market has actually just plummeted over days and or weeks. Um, obviously, right now, you know, the, 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 old, the whole big talking point at the moment is cryptocurrencies. And, and uh, even today, I don't know anybody that's trading cryptocurrencies. Oh, sorry, no, professionals trading cryptocurrencies. I know people that are attempting to trade them and generally they tend to be young 20 something millennials who have no knowledge and or uh, retirees that have no money and they're doing that in the hope of making a lot of money now to me the the kicker here on with the cryptos is really um is the money in your bank account and unless it's in your bank account it should be treated as not your money so whatever you believe you've got in cryptocurrencies right now um, unless it's in your bank, it's not yours. So get it into your bank and then you can say that it's actually yours. Um, but it is a bubble and it doesn't matter which way you look at it. It is a very, very much a bubble and we've seen them before. There's been South Sea bubbles, Tulip bubbles. You know, there's as, as we said just a minute ago, we've had tech booms and bust. We've had the GFC. There's a whole range of bubbles. There's been property bubbles. In Australia in the 70s, we had Poseidon, a whole range. There's just so many examples of how bubbles unfold and this is a classic. And so to me, what goes up 
does come down. And the faster it goes up, the faster it comes down. And we've seen that with cryptos, how they've fallen 30 40% in hours or in a day. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind it's going to crash at some stage. I'm not sure when. Um, and I watched in the newspapers only the other day, and it, you know, Buffett's even something saying coming out you know, on this subject and saying it will crash. And, and to me, my mind, it will probably pull back, you know, in that sort of 90% back, you know, back what it was a few years ago, you know, or maybe one or two or three years ago. There'll be a lot of them, a lot of the cryptocurrencies will just be dis- completely disappear like it happened in the tech boom. Um, it'll, they'll just fold up, etc. cetera. So, uh, but we do need to see more regulations. I'm really excited about blockchain technology. That's not the issue. It's the actual unregulated trading of something in 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 a in a how do you say it? it's like a Ponzi scheme basically if that makes sense to some people it's people are getting you know some purported experts got this currency this cryptocurrency they talk it up they get some people to invest in it and get them to become zealots and then they talk it up and then they get other people to be zealots and then they talk it up and because people are making money they attract more people into it or perceive they're making money and they keep going and it snowballs until eventually it just blows up and we've seen that time and time again but what will happen is is it'll it'll come down quite fast and then it'll come back slowly so so you might have a couple of the top ones like bitcoin or ethereum and those ones do all right at the end of the day, we might have one or two of those currencies, you know, five or ten years down the track. We're not going to have over 900 of them because it's just not possible. The banks aren't going to give up too quickly. They're going to create their own, and it's the safety of having banks and regulated system that will, um, you know, win at the end of the day. The other thing you do, you really do need to read between the lines of a lot of things. Um, as I said, there's many a story coming out on things such as cryptocurrencies, and I've read a few of them, and I'm reading what the person is saying, and I'm thinking, well, you're just trying to ramp your own uh, your own wealth creation, I suppose, if it's a better way of saying it. They're saying things about a particular currency that is helping them or get other people into it so it makes more money, which, again, is very reminiscent of a Ponzi scheme um, from there. So just read between the lines on all of that sort of stuff. One thing I'd really like to talk about right now, basically, because I have been talking a little bit about cryptocurrencies, is is the tortoise and the hare. Now, I'm not sure whether when you're a young child, I mean, I talk about this in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, but I don't remember when, but when you were a child, you read, read um, a children's book called Aesop's Fables. And Aesop's Fable, awesome book to read, actually. And it's it's a few different stories, well-known stories that you would have, you, know, you pick up. And one of the stories in Aesop's Fables is a story about the tortoise and the hare. Now, the tortoise always wins, not the hare. Now, the reason why the tortoise wins, and this is very, very, very um, poignant right now in terms of cryptocurrencies, everybody's trying to be the hare. They're trying to win this big race and make a fortune really, really, really quickly. And a lot of people that are out there saying they've made a fortune, you don't know whether they have or not. Because again, again, unless it's in a bank account, you've not made anything. And it's the same with the share market. I mean, you know, you could have a million dollars in shares, but until the money hits your bank account, it's still being controlled by the market. When you exit to get the cash to put into your bank account, that's when you actually make it tangible and real that it's actually yours because then it's capital guaranteed because it's in your bank account and it's an exact amount. Anyone, though, you don't know what you can sell a Bitcoin for. 
and you don't know what you can sell a share for. So anything that's in an open, freely traded market, whilst you have a perception of what you might be able to get from it if you sold out or you exit your position, you don't know exactly what it will be until it's in your bank account. But what I do know is, and I've been working with traders and investors for you know, the best part of, you know, nearly three decades, you know, and I've been in the financial system, um, you know, for over 30 years, pretty much most of my working life. And one thing that's constant is fear and greed, a constant fear and greed. And people are often greedy and most often greedy, and then they're completely fearful. Um, And, you know, I saw it in the 70s and 80s and 90s, 2000, and now we're seeing it moving into 2020. There's just another thing to be fearful or greedy of. Um, And Bitcoin's just the latest one. You know, we've had heaps of them between FX markets, um, binary options, you know, that's that's another one of those ones that I just kept saying to people, why? Um, You know, FX trading, there's been options trading, CFD trading, all sorts of stuff that any way that an industry or people can get people to open accounts and speculate. And this is really what I call call the hair approach to thing. It's people who have a misguided um, perception of how the market works. The hair was quite arrogant in Aesop's fables and because he ran fast, he just thought he'd beat the tortoise, which is just a plotter. You know, I'm going to win. So he just mucked around, fell asleep, did all these silly things. And really, that's really what most investors do who are speculating that they're going to make it big. You know, they speculated on techie stocks. You know, even during the GFC, you know, we had, uh, well, I was on Sky Channel for many, many years. I constantly had people ringing in wanting to buy stocks like Babcock and Brown as it was falling out of bed. And ABC centers, oh, it's cheap. I'll buy more. I'll buy more. And then I'll buy more. And the more it fell, the more they kept ringing saying, I'll buy more. And I go, why would you want to buy more? It's falling away. Do you like catching a knife that's falling? You'll get cut. Um, You know, to me, that's what the people with a hair mentality do. You only have to go to the casino and see that whole double up mentality. You know, I've lost a bit, so I'll double up on the next one. And so be a tortoise that every time people who are long term, truly successful on the share market, they take the tortoise approach. And by and large, that's the most proven way to be very, very successful on the market over the longer term. It doesn't mean you won't make spectacular money at different times. It's just meaning you are taking a nice, systematic, methodical approach that you do something every day or every week to benefit your wealth creation. You don't take high risks but you don't take super low risk and you allowed your investments to compound. Um, in my latest book, which I'm probably launching in Australia here in a couple of months, um, I actually take, in How to Beat the Managed Funds, I went up to, I think it was end of 2006, just before the GFC, with all the returns and trading a portfolio. Well, I've done the next 10 years, including the GFC, and you'd be quite surprised at the actual results of a tortoise can make on the share market and, and often people think, oh, I won't buy a big blue chip stock because it's too expensive. Or I'd rather buy a one cent stock, two cent stock. And that's one of those big myths that happen that people think, well, it's cheap. Well, you know, a, a one cent stock that's valued at half a cent is not cheap, that's expensive. 
in terms of the intrinsic value of it, but a but a hundred dollar stock that's valued at two hundred dollars is actually quite cheap. And all too often, people make their assessment of whether a stock is expensive or cheap based on the price of the share. And you can't do that with the share market or any investment. You've got to compare it to something. What is the actual share actually worth? Is it worth ten cents or is it worth two cents? Is it worth ten dollars or is it worth twenty dollars? And that's how you do that. You've got to actually understand the value of the share itself in terms of the company. It's not like valuing um, two cars side by side. You can't do that with the share. Just because the price of the share does not make it cheap or expensive. It's the price of the share in relation to the actual value of what it is that either makes it cheap or expensive. So be very, very careful when you when you are doing that. And as a lot of people go, oh, but it's only a one cent stock. It's, you know, it's only going to go point one of a cent and I make, you know, 10%. I go, great, what's the likelihood of doing that? What you find with 99 plus percent of those stocks is that they just go down and sideways. They might flip up for a little bit and you might make like two or 300% in a matter of days or a couple of weeks and, and you get really, really excited. And this is that hair mentality. They get great. They're excited. They've made a lot of money. But then they don't exit. And what they do is they sit on their hands and all of a sudden it falls back down again, back to where they bought it for or below where they bought it for. And then they go, oh, well, when it gets back up to where it was before, then I'll start to sell it. And the cycle goes round and round. And generally what happens with those stocks is they just go sideways and for years. And people end up turning in what they would perceive to be a good trade into a long-term buy-and-hold investment because they actually don't know how to get out of it properly with a profit. And if they are doing, if they are trying to get out, it's more guesswork of getting in and it's more guesswork of getting out. But having some really solid rules and some simple solid rules will help you be understand how to trade and invest correctly. Now we have our course, our trading mentor course, you know, some people who, you know, who are not ready for our, our full-on diploma course, you know, which is our very detailed, very structured course that will teach you how to trade very, very well. Um, we do have a our trading mentor course, which is like, you know, it, it, it's only under $1,500 at this point in time. We are upgrading it. So um, I'm not sure whether that price will change, but at the time of recording here at the start of 2018, it's $14.97. Dirt cheap. And you'll make that money really, really quickly back by getting into the market and trading poppy. But even then, some people go, oh, you know, it's oh, I, I don't have $1,500. If you don't have $1,500, I'm not even sure why you're actually trading because it's the best investment you're going to make on yourself because you can't actually achieve great results until you understand what you're actually doing. Up to that point, you're actually hit and miss and guessing. And you're playing that hair mentality where you're throwing something in you know, like you're throwing a, a five hundred or a thousand dollars into the market with the hope of making something, um, and it's almost like um, I, I call that the buy and pray method. And the buy and pray method really is not a solid way to make long-term wealth creation and gains. Always the first investment should be in yourself. So if you really do want to understand how to make the market work for you and how to make better profits and how to take the inconsistency out of your trading, how to stop losing and actually start making money consistently, then give us a call here on 1300 858 272 and really have a talk to us about the Trading Mentor course or an investment pack, which is just brilliant. It's a book my book and two DVDs. Um, and if you are a bit more serious, maybe our diploma, but you know, at least go and have a look at it. But have that mindset that I need to know and I need to learn properly. And if you go to it that way, and I always say to people, it's more about don't make the decisions on the person you are today. 
Make the decisions of the person who you desire to be. So if you desire to be a great trader, what would a great trader do? What decisions would the great trader make? And every single great trader that I've ever met, when I said, what's the first thing you would tell anybody to do? 100% of the time, they say, get a great education. So I'll leave those words of wisdom with you. You've been listening to Talking Wealth, and again, you've been listening to the Debunking the Mist podcast. And I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Good luck, good trading, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. 